Fucking fuck. Bro, you started without me. Hey, Fucking bro. fuck. Let's go. Bro, Ma- Mazzy's excited today. He wants to just do it and get the fuck out of here. You'd like, um, you know, you're not into the podcast anymore. It's bro. like the Nike, you know, just do it. Just, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it, guys. Uh, this is episode 10 of season two. Like bro, we need to, is it? I don't know. I think so. I don't know. Oh, maybe it's 11. Yeah, no, it's probably 11. Guys, we need to make a new season. Cause, just because, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I like numbers, it's fun. Fucking fuck. Let's go. Go, do meditation. Go, do meditation. I was like, I was like, man, she's not going to sit down. Come on. Masturbation. Before we wrap up, I want to get my religious frustration out. <laughs> I wasn't empathizing with Hitler. Anything you want to do, <laughs> be a professor. Wink, wink. Clearly, you spent too much time on Anyway, so today, what I was thinking, like, I, I've never actually told this story to Maz, and I wanted to share something with everyone and see what comes out of it. Uh huh. Go for it, bro. All right, sweet. Hit me. So, when I was in Morocco, uh huh. Um. Uh, I went to the markets. It's like a bazaar markets type of vibe. Um, and every time I go there to buy something, in the mm-hmm. beginning, they'll say, where are you from? And I'd say, oh, like I'm Australian. Mm-hmm. And then I realized when I went to like bargain with them, mm-hmm. they were just being ridiculous with it. Uh-huh, like they uh-huh. just wouldn't give me cheaper prices. Yeah. But they, they like up, up the prices. Yeah. Australian and you got Aussie dollars. Or exactly. Whatever. And then... Then I once I got to this particular store, they're like, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Iran. And they're like, oh, my brother, come here. You're from Iran. And then then there was this guy from another store next to us who overheard the conversation. And then he's like, brother, Khomeini, mashallah, Khomeini, mashallah. <laughs> and mashallah means like very good or like praise be to God or some shit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Khomeini is the... Um, Religious leader. He's the religious leader, dictator. Like, he's kind of like low-key the Hitler of Iranian history. <laughs> like, I just want to get across my biases and feelings towards this guy. Yeah. So, yeah. he's like a... He's a fucked character in Iran's history. He started the Islamic Revolution in 1979. So, this guy comes up to me and he's just like... Pats me on the back and he's like, good job, you're Iranian. Like, you brought this Khomeini guy, religious leader. And... I didn't say anything. I just said, I just like nodded and just ignored him. I gotta go. How did you feel when he said that? Like, I'm curious. And, and that's the thing. I felt like pissed off. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was just like punch his guy in the face. Uh-huh. Because I was like, fuck off. Like, suck my dick. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say anything. I, uh-huh. I, I literally just, just didn't, like literally just as if I didn't hear it. Yeah. So you're the sort of like suppressing your reaction. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And then another guy came up to me in the store next to me. He's like, oh, you're from Iran. And then he's like, fuck Israel. Uh, Iran, <laughs> good, good brother, my my friend. And And I just realized that like, first of all, just the emotions was intense. Just, yeah. I just felt just angry and just a bunch of shit just came up from nowhere mm-hmm. and the other thing is I realized like the extent of Iranian propaganda in the Middle East 
Mm-hmm. Just like, I feel like there's so many things when it comes to social justice, politics, history, that like we live here in our little Western bubble. Mm-hmm. And we just say, like, yeah, of course everyone knows, like, this is a silly example, but like, of course everyone knows Hitler's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even like, a, like, we don't even need to have a discussion about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's bad. Mm-hmm. And for me, someone like Khomeini is also the same. I was like, like any reasonable person could mm. see that this guy like has led to the destruction of a country. I mean, um, video perspective and lens, yes, but I don't think that's a quite a clear cut, as clear cut statement as you think. But any like, because I know. Like, depends where you stand, right? Like, if you stand on... It's like... It's the same thing as, for example, Trump. The, the, some people clearly and obviously look at Trump and say, this guy should not be president. And yet there's other people that look at him and say, oh, actually, he's amazing. He's doing all these crazy things and he should be, he should be voted again and he's got supporters, right? So... It's a polarizing person where you're you're either like really against him or you're really pro him. But because he's polarizing doesn't necessarily mean that everyone doesn't like him. So I think it's like the same thing with Khomeini as well because the people that um, are in support of the regime in whatever capacity, they, they, they see him as a hero. So like... It, some people see it like that and some people see it like that but I think it's one of those polarizing things again like, I, I get that but I, I still think that we have the luxury of history mm. and we have the luxury of hind, like being able to see in hindsight the consequences of someone mm-hmm. and I think polarizing issues in my opinion like I'm more empathetic for polarity in the if it's happening right now, yeah, like someone like Trump, yeah, you're like, okay, maybe in like 50 years, there'll be a lot more, you know, leaked documents, uh, interviews, more information that you can definitely say he was absolutely horrible or he was actually pretty good. Whereas I'm saying like, there are people in history that you just, you don't need, it's just just clear, man. It's just Mm -hmm. read the fucking history. Mm -hmm. And anyway, my, my point of mentioning this story is, how do you how would you, how would you have reacted in that situation? I'm just curious. How would I have reacted? And and or how should I have reacted? You know, because in in the because I feel like suppression is not good, is it? Well, yeah. So I think I think it's you know going going to the whole being authentic. You weren't authentic in that moment, were you? Bro, I mean, it's a fucking Muslim country, bro. I don't want to start but fights with people. Like you don't have look. We disagree all the time, right? Yeah. Even on the podcast. Bro, we live in a free country, man. disagree. You can have a different view and different belief and disagree, but do it in a respectful and open-minded way. Like, sort of a... Yeah, like, you can say... I don't, I don't know. Maybe you could have, maybe if I was in that position with your lens, with your sort of beliefs around this, mm. I might have said, actually, I'm not a big fan of Khomeini. And uh, just without, like, maybe give a little bit of explanation, say, like, you know, um, my, my sort of family got persecuted and 
as a part of because we are high or whatever. Whatever, how much, however, however much detail you feel comfortable sharing in that circumstance. I don't know how、mm. how much you you would like to share, but I think it it would be good to stay authentic as much as you can. While it's like still safe as well, like so. It it it, it like I get it as well. Yeah, sometimes sometimes suppressing is the right thing to do. Something like look look, I get that, but but my dilemma is. In terms of, because because I like the topic of authenticity, and、mm-hmm. and I guess my dilemma here is, in one circumstance, you you say yes, be authentic and disagree. Disagreement is healthy, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Air your grievances, try to have constructive dialogue. If you can't, then at least you try. That,、yeah. That's one、uh, perspective.、Mm-hmm. A different perspective is. And this is one that I adopt most of the time, and I'm trying to reflect on it, and I'm not sure if it's the right perspective.、Uh-huh. But it's if someone has deeply ingrained prejudices, like prejudice,、mm-hmm. opinions, beliefs,、mm-hmm. me starting a conflicted argument with them is not going to change their mind. It, it's, so, it's it's not going to change their mind. Let's go back to this. The reason you're saying what you're saying is not to change their mind; is to have authentic conversation. So, if you think you should only have this conversation if you can change someone's mind, you're not doing an authentic thing for for the sake of being authentic and having a conversation. You've got a ulterior motive and agenda. How the good or, or I don't like doesn't matter what, if it's a you're doing it. Because you want to be less hate in the world, like let's say someone's racist, and and you you want to change their mind to be less racist, so there's less whatever in the world, right? So that's a, that's a noble goal. Like I I I would back that any day, right? Yeah. But if your goal you have this agenda when you enter the conversation to change their mind. That's a whole different ball game than if you have you just having an authentic conversation about an issue that you conflict with them, and you, in that case, in the second case, when you're just having an authentic conversation, it doesn't matter if they change their mind or not. The the act of you having that authentic conversation is the end in a in and off of itself. Look, I I I don't know if I agree. And the only、yeah. reason only reason is because I think. If you have a bit of foresight, yeah, which means、mm-hmm. that you are able to predict human behavior to an extent,、mm-hmm. I think when I know someone's prejudice, when I know someone's belief, I know that if I disagree in that moment,、mm-hmm. their guards are going to come up. All right,、mm-hmm. so then I question how authentic is our conversation really going to be if if I know I'm triggering their guards. If you don't know, then that's fine. But when I know That their guards are going to come up, then I'm like that makes the whole conversation useless. May as well throw out the bin. So the alternative is, I just shut the fuck up. I grab my opinion, my belief, my rage, my anger. I lock it in a box, throw it away, and for that next ten minutes, I'm all ears, and I don't let that person know what I believe, because then the conversation can be more authentic. Because that person is now more open. He's gonna share with me, show me love, show me kindness, and then I can grow as a person. But you, you, you. First of all, this foresight thing that you're talking about, right? Unless, unless you got superpowers, 
it's I think it's a lot of assumptions in there because you don't everyone's different everyone's uniquely different and you don't actually even we don't even know how we react like there's studies people ask them like there's a study that showed people are really bad at forecasting how they feel about something when yeah yeah i've heard this study you can't even forecast you can't even have that foresight about yourself Mm. so first of all you're making an assumption that you can have this foresight about someone else quite accurately to like to like i know like not not even like i think like i know that's a pretty big assumption (sighs) i don't think so though bro it's like when someone says khomeini mashallah Uh uh-huh I can like it is assumptions, but I feel like I can say to an extent if I say death to Khomeini, he's gonna get pissed off. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I, I'm not... I, I would agree with that. That that's that's a fair <laughs> fair thing to to say. But you don't need to go to the extreme of the the sentence. Like you don't need to say death to Khomeini. To so the thing is like it goes back to think about like. So, I actually used to get defensive a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, in my last relationship with my ex, she if she said something that I perceived as a criticism, sometimes it wasn't even a criticism, I just perceived it to be. Yeah. And then my guards come up and I get defensive. It's like most people. And when I got defensive, I'm no longer listening to what she has to say. I'm not, like... I'm just trying to, like, defend myself, right? Like, either respond in a way to protect myself or even attack. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's a, like a defensive situation, right? In a way, in a way, your response to this is your own defensive. Like, you're, you're going to lock yourself, lock your thoughts and feelings into this and then put it away so it can't be, like, touched because you, you're not... So you're not open to having you. It seems to me I could be wrong. It seems to me that you are like almost closed off to having that conversation because you're like, oh, I'm like it's gonna be like too intense or whatever. There's like a part of you that's like I don't know. I'm making an assumption. You tell me if it resonates, but like unconsciously or whatever, you're like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation. It's like it's gonna be like I'm not gonna be able to convince this person and. They probably won't listen and uh, what's the point and so I might as well just like say nothing and just like hide away. So like a combination of those things is going on. Yeah, look, I like there's two things I want to touch on. But the first thing in response to what you just said, look, you know me, one of my deepest, deepest, deepest values is open-mindedness. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Uh, that's really important to me. But but still, I feel like there are certain things, mm-hmm. and this is where I contradict a lot of my own values by saying <laughs> by, by by saying what I'm about to say is there are certain things which I've made my fucking mind up. Yeah, like it is it is ingrained in my skull. Like there is no coming back from that shit. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of them is like that. Khomeini is bad. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Hitler was bad. You know, even though I, 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 on paper you can look at all these fucking historical economic facts, but if someone tries to convince me the opposite, 
I'm not gonna be receptive. Yeah. To many things, I'm open minded, but not to this shit. You know, actually, probably the thing I I like about you the most. And it's something that I've liked so much about you. It's something that you have and you do. And I'm like, that is fucking cool. But I've tried to emulate it in my life and try and do that. It's like you tend to hold things loosely. Yeah, yeah I do. Like whatever, whatever, whatever belief, whatever, whatever, whatever thing you've got going on, like, yeah, you're holding it. Like you still believe it. You're holding it. But like you've got a loose grip. Mm. So like when you got a loose grip, you got some flexibility for some movements to see like if you get like new information, you're open to like change and you're curious enough to to not have a rigid stance. That's like mm. number one quality in you that I love the most. Right, it's one of my values. Yeah, curiosity, um, open mindedness. Yeah, yeah, and and I feel like. When you've got when when you go to this like rigid space, it's probably and you you yourself said it as well. It's like out of out of alignment with your values. Yeah, it is. Usually, when things like that happens, it's like there's a background of trauma or things you don't want to things you don't want to like look into. Mm. So you're like fuck that. And then you close it off. But like, I don't have uh, any specific views on Khomeini at all. On either end. I'm like, he did whatever he did. I don't really know too much details of it. But it's not about but, that. But, it's not about Khomeini. Like, this conversation is about... But, like, no, it, 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 it does tie into it. So, what I'm saying is, like, especially with that guy. When, 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 so, going back to the actual conversation right so there's this guy who said this thing and then your reaction was like to hold your things inside and not not have that conversation right yeah but like if you did have that conversation what was the worst thing that could have happened and 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 like I'm saying, like don't you you not I'm not saying that you attack him and say oh no like 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 in a proper way having that conversation genuinely <sighs> look it's it's hard to know it's hard to know because it's a foreign country to me but realistically the worst thing that could have happened is I don't know could have just given me death there's some shit <laughs> I, I genuinely have no idea. Yeah, um, it's hard, it, it is hard to... Because I think for me, it's less about fear of their reaction. It's more about if I let this shit out. Mm-hmm. It's more about my own reaction. So you're afraid that you can't stay calm if you start talking about this? Like it riles you up? Potentially. Like I, I don't know because I've never really been riled up. Like I'm pretty good at controlling my anger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I just, I have no idea. Yeah. So there's an element of that. Like worst case scenario, I just get really mad and I'm like, "Fuck Khomeini." <laughs> <laughs> I must say that. <laughs> but like, like the the, I have a reason that I think is good to have those conversations, and it, I'm gonna tie it back to what I started saying before, and I sort of got distracted. So when I used to get defensive in my ex, and that was like 
I didn't even know I used to get defensive until this started happening. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this. I want to have those conversations. And then I started to practice because you need practice, right? Like if you want to learn to not get defensive and learn not to get angry and still have a, have your emotions and have, have a passionate conversation, but do so with respect and understanding that takes practice. It's not something you can just like pull out of a rabbit hat, right? But, but is that the, I, I'm just curious, mm-hmm. is that the ideal person to not be reactive and to be open to anything? Because that, that, that's mm. a big assumption that you're making and I'm just wanting to clarify. It's, not, it, it's, it's about having the skill of having a com- difficult conversation. But not all conversations need to be had. But are you saying? But are you disagreeing with that? Are you saying all conversations must be explored? No, no, I, I, I do agree with that. But I'm saying it could have been an opportunity for you to practice that with possibly like not a lot on the line actually. Because sometimes if you have if you haven't practiced this and you have a conversation and you say something to someone you love, you can't unsay something that you've already said, mm. right? Once the words leave out of your mouth, they've gone. And yeah, no, I you can't it. bring it back. So it's it's like, I think things like that is an opportunity for you to actually practice the, the skills of having this kind of communication. So when you do need to, because this time you didn't need to have this communication, right? Yeah. But sometime in your life, you will need to have that conversation, a communication that's like agitating or whatever. And if you've got the skills at that time, then the cost is not going to... Well, can you elaborate? So what's these skills you're talking about? So the skill I'm talking about, first one is staying out of judgment and being curious. Don't listen with the intent to respond. Listen with the intent to understand and just ask ask questions just to, to get exactly their perspective as they're saying it from their perspective. Okay, so let's just say I ask, um, be like, okay, like, you know, do you know much about what Khomeini did for Iran? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And then he'll talk. See if he's educated or if he's just like, no, no, I just brought, like, and then I can gauge where exactly. the conversation can exactly. go. Exactly. So, so you can, but, and, and he would, by saying this, by asking this question, he's not going to get defensive. Mm. He's not going to be closed off. He's actually going to be even more open. Yeah, but what if he says that, yes, I love him. He killed all the infidels. Well, what do I do next? Like, how do I prevent judgment when eventually someone deserves to be judged? <sighs> I'm just thinking. The only thing that comes up in my mind right now, probably not super relevant, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's like, it's one time I was on a lifeline call. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the details out so it's confidential and anonymous. But someone had done something terrible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrible. And they were facing most likely jail time. Yeah. And they were also like, fuck this, I've done this thing, I'm 
going to go to jail and jail's not going to be good for me because of the kind of crime I've committed. Yeah. And it's just going to be fucked up, so I'm just going to kill myself. And he had called Lifeline on the noose around his neck, talking to me. And I'm listening to this guy. And I'm like, okay, if I judge this guy, he's going to end his life. This is like, this is, this is like, (laughs) a a judgment is a life right here. doesn't matter what kind of life he has, he's lived and what he's done. Still a life. So that was an intense moment for me. I can imagine, yeah. Because I had to look inside myself and see, is there, okay, I disagree with this person on so many levels and what they've done is unforgivable or whatever but is there something about this person that I can connect to as a human to human is there some humanity between us that I can connect to and stay with that humanity that's the way for me to not judge someone is to stay connected to the common humanity because everyone's got humanity in them and it was hard but it was possible so it's I think it's possible. It takes a lot of work and you probably don't want to do it all the time because it's effortful. Like I still judge people. Like like that was a that was a time where like judging was very costly. So I was like, I'm gonna stay out of judgment consciously. I'm gonna do whatever it takes. Um yeah, I don't know. Wow, that's <laughs> no, that's powerful. That's a, that's a very, very, very powerful example and and it's beautiful. And and I think you, you make a very messianic point. A very what? Messianic point. What's, I don't know what that means. You're like a messiah. It's like you're like a prophet. Like you're just like, see the humanity in all my son. <laughs> like, love all, turn the cheek, amen, Jesus. But, uh, no, it's a great point. But but I'm still not convinced. Like, okay, I could be convinced with one that judging is out of weakness uh-huh. And not strength. Although sometimes judging can save your life. Yeah. You're on the street, you're walking down and you judge someone and they stab you, but you prepared for it because you judged them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's benefits to it. Mm-hmm. But let's just say morally speaking, we can say generally, judging is bad. Judging, mm-hmm. Judgment is a life. But would you say assumption is the same as judgment? You said we're playing with semantics a little bit here, but I just want to make a point. I want to be clear. Why, why, why is it? Why does this matter? I'm about to make a point. To my second question was, I think assumptions are necessary, mm-hmm. and I think that it sounds to me that you have a negative connotation of assumption. I do have a negative connotation of assumption. Don't make an ass of you and me. But yes, you you make an ass out of you and me. But but the thing is, like, I don't know about you, but personally, I have had many of my assumptions be proven to be incorrect in my life. Like, I, I have made a certain assumption about someone, and then, I don't know, a month later, a week later, or whatever, that assumption that I was pretty sure about that I made it turns out to be completely false. I've had that experience so many times that I've come to a point where like I'm making assumptions. It could be, it could be good, but 
it doesn't have a good track record. <laughs> but are there, like, do you believe, are there any assumptions which you think are good? Can you think of one good assumption? Like assumption that increases your quality of life, like serves you. Not really. I mean, yeah. Uh, Just think, no rush. Yeah, like if you if you meet someone and you based on whatever you make an assumption that oh, this is a cool person I'd like to get to know and then you you become friends with them or whatever and then it's good and your assumption was correct and then you meet another person and you make the assumption that oh, they seem a bit shady or dodgy or don't like their vibe or whatever and then based on those assumptions you decide to distance yourself and mm. And it turns out that they were shady and that they were going to like try and trick you or whatever. Okay. And that assumption uh, saved you from that. That, that. So it's like, so it's in that example, okay, okay. in that example, I can see at least one right. assumption being used. No, because like the, the, the reason I'm trying to ask this is I'm still conflicted. Like I, I'm going to make a point mm-hmm. and let's just see where it takes us. But yeah. The reason I think this conversation is so important uh-huh. is I mentioned the Khomeini case because I like to think that generally speaking, I'm a pretty calm, collected person. Mm-hmm. I like to think that I have love and empathy for humans. And if anyone needs my help, I'm there for them. I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to kill anyone. And just... I like to think that's me. Yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah. Because yeah. I know you very well. Exactly. So that's just the, the background of what I had to say. But with the stuff happening in Iran, like, I'm a big uh, lover of rap. Mm-hmm. You know, American rap, British rap, and also Iranian rap, Persian rap. Mm-hmm. And recently, in the last two years... Mm-hmm. I, I I guarantee you, you haven't heard any of the rap that's come yeah, out. Yeah, of course, I haven't. But there's some rap that's come out that is intense. Mm-hmm. It is so fucking intense. What do you mean by intense? Like what? Whole, in many regards, one of them is just like just pure rage. We will rip your balls out. We will shove it down your throat. Like. Just crazy shit, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like just there's so much anger mm-hmm. in these rap songs, and it's very poetic in the sense of it's not just like fuck, 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 fuck. It's like, like the detail they go and the things they're gonna do to these like government officials, like it's fucking intense, mm-hmm. and it's got like a catchy rhythm to it as well, like it's <laughs> irrelevant. But, yeah. but but it's just like, and when I listen to that, those songs. If I listen to that for like 20 minutes, mm-hmm. me, who is a peace-loving person, mm-hmm. there is a fire that starts within me. And I am actually like, I'm going to beat the shit out of these motherfuckers. Mm. And A, it's the power of music and power of poetry and blah, blah, of, uh, emotions. emotions or whatever. But my point is... Based on what you said, you know, like the reason I mentioned this is because you just mentioned the lifeline call and your you, your experience with that, and you're saying that there is humanity in everyone. Mm-hmm. 
yeah and trying to find that that's 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 the way that I can stop myself from judging no, I don't exactly. really want to judge someone if I yeah if I do that I can stop myself from yeah judging. and that's fine but I'm saying that's that's something that you value yeah and for someone like you listening to these sorts of rap music would be completely against your values yeah I would never exactly exactly but but what I'm what I'm like what I'm trying to get to is do these people deserve that anger and hate? Like, like there's something within me. Like, look, I have two voices. One voice is like, no, nah, man, like, don't kill anyone. Don't hurt anyone. There's humanity in all, even the most fucked up people. And there's another side that's like, these motherfuckers like gas kids. Like, they fucking deserve anything that comes to them. Like, I might not be the one killing them, but if mm-hmm. these guys want to kill them, fucking go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and that is weird because me, who once again, I, I'm going to repeat, is a peace-loving, hippie, open person. I, I'm having these thoughts and it's conflicting and making yeah. me very confused. So you feel a bit torn inside. feel a bit torn inside. And, and I think it's a relevant conversation because I'm just talking about Iran. Yeah? And the listeners probably don't give a fuck about Iran. That's completely fine. But this is happening around us. Yeah. yeah? This is happening right now in Israel-Palestine, you know, where if you're on the Palestine side, you're like, yeah, fuck the IDF, fuck the Israeli troops. And if you're the Israelis, you're like, oh, yeah, fuck the Palestinians, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's happening um, in America, the polarization, Republicans and Democrats. It's happening in one of the fucking tens of civil wars around the world. This is a common experience that humans have. Okay. Let's talk about it. Let me tell you. So... As you talk about that, I, my favorite person that I follow comes in my mind, Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Uh, she, she has a few things to say about this polarization nice. and empathy and things like that. So one of the things she talks about is it's so much easier to hate someone from the distance than to hate someone up close. So... You don't know who these politicians are that the rapper is saying they want to like do these things to, right? You don't mm. know them. You don't. You, you probably don't even know their faces, or maybe if you know their faces, you don't really know their life. You don't know their kids. You don't know their parents. You don't know the. You actually don't know a lot about them. It's a very yeah, distant fair. idea. You don't like. It's like some random guy you know nothing about really. Yeah. So what Brina Brown says is when you see you perceive someone to be so different and vastly like outrageously like on the other side or whatever the closer you get to them and when you have an actual conversation with them and you try to have that conversation with that curiosity and understanding you realize they're not quite where you thought they were in, in whatever area that you were seeing them to be there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the, the the sentence she uses is like, people are a lot harder to hate up close. And she's got like research data backing that up. So it's not just like an mm-hmm. uh, idea. Um, so that's why when going back to that guy, I said, you can be curious about him. Ask him a few questions. And then 
you actually diverted that by saying, what if he says, um, yeah, he killed all the infidels. So again, you, you painted him with the worst brush stroke you could find <laughs> to create more distance between you and him because you're like, I don't want to be near him. I don't want to associate with him. I don't want to, I don't want to agree with anything he has to say. So I'm going to paint him, paint him with the darkest color I can find. So he, he and I are different. Yeah. And that's a form of polarization, right? Yeah, you're right. But if you did actually have that conversation, chances are he wouldn't have said that. Chances are he would have said, yeah, like Khomeini brought the religion and, um, I don't know. I don't know what he would have said. Yeah. But I think what what you what your go to what he could have said, I think that's about as extreme as you could have pushed it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And chances are you never get that extreme, right? Usually. Mm-hmm. So you would have gotten somewhere in the middle and then you could have met him somewhere in the middle to be like, oh, okay, like there is some I can see how he could have this belief. Mm-hmm. And you can still see how you have your belief, and that's fine too. But th- now you're having a com- conversation, and having those conversations up close is the way to to depolarize. Mm. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? I know. I, I think that's very on point. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons. We've talked about this before, but like one of the reasons that I would love to have your friend, your Muslim no, friend, yeah, on on the pod, and yeah, I asked her, she hasn't responded, and, and I, but I just think but, that, and this kind of goes back to one of the earlier points we made mm-hmm. is the importance of conversations, yeah, and dialogue, yeah. But I said I was like, not all conversations need to be had, but. Now you're saying that most conversations would be beneficial. Yeah. Especially conversations where you're like, I hate them. Yeah. Them, the word them, us and them. If you if you have conversation with them, people that you see as them, wh- yeah. whoever they might be, it might be a democratic and liberal or like it might, it might, it might, it might be anything. It could be like this soccer team and that soccer team. Yeah, yeah. Like it can be anything really, but wherever there is a us and them having conversation with, with the people from the other side is almost always good. Has a positive effect. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting he mentioned this, and this is going to take us back to one of the older episodes. I don't remember which one, but um, a few weeks ago I was in Gold Coast, uh-huh. and I went to a a friend of a friend knew someone who was having a house party in a place called Burley Heads, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the Bondi ish vibe so of like Gold a Coast, rich, rich area, Just a, quite a rich area. Yeah, and and I go to this house party. And I walk in and everyone's white. Mm-hmm. Like there's like 40 and it's like the most typical Aussie, like all the guys just barefoot in their board shorts, topless with like either like a mullet or fucking whatever, mm-hmm. like a beer, just watching the tennis. Um, not that it's a bad thing. It's fucking Australia. Like great. Good for them. Yeah. But I'm just saying the reason I'm mentioning that is as like, I felt like I stood out like a sore thumb mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, like, come on, I'm not going to judge. Like, you know, like that's fine. I'm Australian too. Let's just go have a chat with people. Mm-hmm. 
So the host of the party is like this really Aussie guy. Mm-hmm. And me and my friend are there. And he comes and we're just having a chat with him. What do you think we talked about for the next 20 minutes? I don't know. We talked about watches. <laughs> and this guy's just like, yeah, I went to Japan. And uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, I was going to buy this like $20,000 watch. And I should have bought it, you know, because it's not that much. <laughs> and I was just standing there like, just trying my best not to be judgmental. Uh-huh. But I just couldn't help it. Uh-huh. And I felt like that conversation... And the reason I'm mentioning this, like this story, that provided more evidence about why there is a polarity between us, uh-huh. why there is me versus them, mm-hmm. why they are so different to me and I'm so different to them. Mm-hmm. That experience. So I tried conversing. I tried being there. I was there for like four, five, six hours, mm-hmm. but it didn't help the, the issue and it made me more polarized in, in, in my opinion. So I'm like, what would you say to that? It's hard for me to say because I wasn't there at that conversation, so yeah. I don't know exactly what you said and what he said and how. Well, I didn't. I didn't the... comment much on the conversation because I didn't really have anything to say about watches. But I was just there, like just every now and then, giving my two cents. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool, nice. <laughs> well, see, I think that that what you just said then, yeah, because that. Uh, even sitting here, I'm like smelling inauthenticity. That <laughs> stink, but like. That is probably why, because you you, yeah, like I don't I don't know I I don't know really, but I'm just making a guess. I think if you are like just going with something, yeah, 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 you feel internally like this is fact, but they're not getting that signal that this is not connecting because. So so you believe that if we if I had been more authentic eventually we would have found the topic that we you would have found something that look I'll, I'll tell you again like I said this before and another time there's like this book called Atlas of the Heart right? yeah there's 87 human experiences and emotions in there and we all have those so like you know sure he might not be experiencing poverty or financial insecurity or yeah this might not be something that he struggles with, right? But maybe he just broke up with his girlfriend some other time. You, mm. you, so he's, he's had a heartbreak. You've had a heartbreak. Uh, that's something that you can relate to and you can connect to the humanity, the common humanity of going through heartbreak experience. And you can connect to that. There's so many things you could connect. You, you genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that. There's so many, there's so many things you can connect to. That but I feel like it's not as easy as you, as easy as that. What does it say? Everything good is hard to get. That's it, bro. I, I, I never <laughs> said it was easy. I never <laughs> said it was easy. But I'm saying it's doable. You can do it, and and it's valuable. So not only is it doable, but it's valuable because, like. Um, because see if you if you othering people like are these sort of the the rich people or yeah these others these others yeah in whatever way the more othering you're doing 
the the more isolated you are becoming yourself you you're like separating yeah, so yourself you, you don't feel as connected to the the, the world the to society the, to the society and the place you're living in and the people around you and and so it's like you're like saying oh they they're different from me and because because of their wealth and they are different from me because of their whatever else and they're different from me and, and yeah, like, don't you like think a, it's like a yeah like like what what do you think is the do you think that serves a good function the Just other uttering yeah no that's what i was going to mention is is that i okay look i have a friend uh-huh i'm going to mention one of my friends mentalities why they use othering uh-huh and and this is my understanding of why i think they use othering uh-huh and another way of describing it is uh, isolating a certain person or cutting off a certain person, or but it's othering to an extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the argument is this. I hope I can do it justice. Let's just say we have a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, their friend, they're couples. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Jim and John. Okay. And let's just imagine it's a heterosexual couple. I don't know why I did two male names. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Anyways. And um, one of them is perpetrator is a perpetrator of domestic violence. Okay. Yeah. And we know that. Mm-hmm. We know that. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've confronted it to the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Perpetrator doesn't take any responsibility for their behavior. Mm-hmm. It continues to happen behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is a, a negative behavior. Mm-hmm. And let's just say the one who's being abused escapes, fucks off to Italy. Okay. So now Jim, who's the guy who commits domestic violence, is still in the friend group. You know, we see him on Friday nights at the pub. You know, Sunday at the picnic, Jim's there. Mm-hmm. So he's still there. But we yeah. all know what the fuck this guy did. Yeah. So the mentality is that step one, we are all bystanders mm-hmm. for letting someone like this get away with domestic violence. Yeah. And the second thing is what we should do is cut Jim off. Mm-hmm. Cut Jim off because if everyone had the mentality of cutting Jim off, then Jim would eventually fall onto the fringes of society. And then he would be forced to confront his behavior in order to be accepted back into the to the group. So, so like, can I just mention, yeah. I completely disagree with this. This is not anything that I do. Yeah. I think it's fucked up. I think it's, it's toxic in a way that you're blackmailing someone into changing themselves. Anyway, so many issues, but please, yeah. what's yeah. your thoughts? First thing that I think of, so you think putting someone on the fringe of society... Is gonna help them become a better person. That's but, not think. That's uh, a theory. Uh, that theory. Yeah. This theory says. Yeah. Go look up all the shootings that have ever happened. Go look up all the terrorists that ever happened. Why do they happen? Because those people are on the fringe of society. So all the most terrible things that have ever happened. I would make a big assumption. I could be wrong. It's mostly done by people that feel like on the fringe of society. Okay, okay. Like, so that's one thing. Okay. So I want to counter that, but continue. So 
I, do you want to counter this and then we'll get yeah, to the next Yeah, if you thing? remember. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. No, my, my only counter is uh, take away fringe society, but you cut them off. Yeah. So let's just say you, who is like the morally superior, happy fucking friend, of, yeah. whatever, and they just fuck off and they make a group full of domestic violence people and they just like have a good time. Yeah. So they're not on the fringe of society. Yeah. But it's about depriving them of you, depriving them of social connection in order to like in order to confront their fuck upness so it's a it, it, look it's look, just a matter of being a bystander like are we a bystander if we so, do not confront if we do not argue if we do not say us versus them look shame shame is not an effective tool for change okay elaborate please so in this sort of like like you're, you're in, essentially you're, you're, you're shaming you're pretty much sh- it's, it's right? low key excommunication like religions and shit yeah you're shaming mm. so shame I just did a workshop last night and I was talking about this in the workshop so nice. shame yeah is I am bad guilt is I did something bad mm. so the focus of shame is on the self and the focus of guilt is on the behavior. Mm. Shame is highly correlated with addiction, with eating disorders, with depression, with violence, which is important in this example. Um, and guilt is negatively correlated with all of those. So you're saying guilt is fine, but shame is big, bad, big, big, no, no. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... It sounds like in this dynamic, it sounds like it's more like a shame thing. You're shaming them. So, so you're saying no one deserves to be shamed? Like what if... Like I'm, I'm saying shame is not an effective tool for behavior change. So if you want someone to become less violent to the future partner, shaming them into that is probably going to have the reverse effect. Hmm. Um... But anyways, I was going to say something else. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing, like, when this theory of, like, putting someone, like, to the side to, to so they do that. But second thing as well is, look, if I knew someone has done that and I've told them, I've confronted them, so you, you you said you you got you like in this example you know Jim has been confronted yeah and Jim doesn't give a fuck so because Jim has been confronted you're not a passive bystander because you you have done the confronting thing but then you just continue to hang out with him at picnics and let him into the friend groups and go out and watch soccer with uh, him I personally wouldn't okay and okay and why wouldn't you because. I want to be around people okay. that I want to be around. So as and a I result, I want to be around that person. Exactly. So so you're doing the same thing as the person who what I just but, described. But, but it's very different intentions. And do you think intentions matter? Definitely. But why? It's the same result for Jim. It's the exact same result for Jim. Why the fuck does it matter what your intentions are? He is eventually a either pushed to the fringes of society or b pushed into a more toxic friend group and he continues to do what he does. So the consequence is the same, regardless of your intention. How do I board it? Okay. So the intentions do matter. 
because let's say I was in this scenario, I would come and tell Jim and I would tell Jim, I would guilt Jim. I would tell Jim, because you are doing this, I don't want to be associated with someone who is doing this. And I would focus on the behavior that he's doing. Okay. I would guilt him and then I would distance. Okay. So, so he yeah. knows if he stops doing that. Exactly. I I would be okay to 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 interact with him again. And my friend that I mentioned, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. So like that so was that, that was my point. Yeah, I think that sounds good, but it's not it's not quite. But that's creating us and them. You're saying us, we are the ones who are morally superior, and them is Jim. So I'm saying you just gave mm. all this thing about. Conversing with people who do things differently to you and but, finding but, but humanity, you, but you are having a conversation with them. You like there, there is, there is these conversations being had with them. You, 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 you've got some sort of understanding. You are up close. Mm. I was saying, don't like. Look, you might, you might get close to someone and still hate them. Mm. But I'm saying. If you are hating from distance, then it's definitely like a. That's that's a lot worse. Yeah, no, I get it. So that. I'm saying get close and, and investigate. Still... And if you still hate them, you hate them. That's that that it can happen. But don't hate from distance. Because okay, no. it's so easy. Like from distance, you could hate half the world. Yeah, that's what people do. Most people hate half the world. But 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 from up close, I doubt you would hate five percent of the world. No, I like that. Yeah, it's like about it. it's about getting up close and and seeing them for the, who they are. And maybe look, maybe he can he not not in a way that like, it can, it's not justifiable. Like I'm not saying that he can justify. Yeah, it. of course. But maybe he can tell you where he's come from, what has and led to the situation, and maybe you can empathize that. Maybe if I was in that situation, I would do the same thing, like. You don't like. I don't know Jim. Maybe, no, I get that. Look, the, uh, maybe maybe Jim grew up in a house where Jim's dad was abusing his mom, and there's there's a lot going on with Jim. So it's like that, that it, doesn't. That's no excuse. It's not excuse. It's not excuse. Yeah, it's not about excusing. It's about ha- having some level of understanding and humanity. So, so it's, it's the othering yeah. gets less. The othering, like, oh, yeah. Like you can still distance yourself because you don't want to associate with them. You have all the right mm. to to not want to. But by getting close, you can see, okay, they are they have done this terrible thing, but there's also some understanding beyond it. It's mm. like, you're not just saying, yeah, you did this. No, you are this. Mm. You actually have more of an understanding of, mm. of Jim. And you, you have some empathy, even though what they've done is wrong and unjustifiable. You have some empathy. Some, no, okay, I get that. No, I'm happy with and that. And that stops the othering. If you have empathy towards someone... Stops the othering. It stops the othering. Yeah, and, then, and I just want to wrap up to just be like, that's why this conversation is so relevant. Because even me, in in the span of this one-hour conversation, mm. I realize like, how much I do other and mm. how much prejudice I do have and how many assumptions I do make Mm. And I'm like, I think I guarantee everyone listening to this episode. Yeah, look, I do it too. Yeah, it's a it's a constant journey to learn to like. For me, it's like one of my top value is non judgmental. 
I'm mm. trying to. I'm aspiring to not judge anyone. Yeah. Not not there yet, but I'm aspiring. Yeah, yeah which is great. Which is great, and I hope that people can do the same. Just especially with loved ones in their life, because mm. I think a big a big issue with many people in interpersonal relationships is assumptions and judgments. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. And stop making ass out of you and me. Stop making ass out of you and me. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's the slogan. That's the slogan. <laughs> um, yeah, bro. Let's let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. There. Yeah, that was it. I had no idea where this conversation was gonna go. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. No, that was I good. Feel like I feel challenged in a in a good way. Yeah, yeah. No, and me I feel too. Like dig, dug deep and got some stuff, and like, oh yeah, okay, like. And I think that answered some some of the query like internal conflicts I've been having it's like put it put to bed mm-hmm. I'm gonna stop listening to that rap <laughs> <laughs> um, but nah that's it we're, we're, we started off with the example of me in the markets Morocco. in Morocco yeah and then we talked a bit about defensive communication getting defensive when you when you're confronted with someone who has a different opinion to you yeah a different belief than you um, and then we talked about the I guess the whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. The fact you that we make assumptions. It, you just yeah. talked about it. We went very in depth about assumptions and judgments and do people deserve them? Do people not deserve them? Do people deserve to be ostracized, mm-hmm. excommunicated or not? And yeah, I think we just concluded that we should all try and find the humanity in each other. Yeah. And it's pretty, I like it. Pretty uh that was a good episode. Happy episode to finish. Yeah. Sweet. All right, guys. I shall see you. Oh, do you want to tell the listeners quickly where the fuck you're going? And then uh, yeah. just say where you're going, and then they'll listen to the stories when you come back. I'll be going to Bali in six days, and I'm going to be sitting in a dark room, just me, my thoughts, and whatever else is inside me for two weeks. Two weeks silent darkness retreat. And, and solo. solo 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 yeah man then literally it's gonna be crazy I'll, gonna I'll, be I'll, I'll have some something to report on that's <laughs> on it we, we're gonna have, to have like five episodes just to like figure out what the hell this guy went through <laughs> but that's it guys hopefully we'll see you I don't know if Maz will ever see you again but hopefully he will hopefully I survive he's gonna come back he's gonna be like my name is Muhammad now. <laughs> I have had a religious I mean, awakening. I mean, all um, I know most religion prophets yeah. did go into like That's a dark Baha'u'llah did, did too. Yeah, most of them did. So Baha'u'llah didn't do it by choice, bro. And, and just before the episode, Sunim told me, Maz, we should start a religion. And maybe this is the start of it. Maybe I come back and I tell you, bro. All right, guys. Is. All right, the listeners, please follow our religion. Uh, the benefits of joining our religion, number one is tax exemption. Um, you know we can use it to launder money and uh, have loopholes in order to get rich thank you for listening goodbye fucking fuck let's go go and do meditation go and do meditation I was like I was like man she wanted to sit down for a month masturbation Anything you want to do, you can. <laughs> Be a professor. Wink, wink. Clearly, you spent too much time on a phone. <laughs> <laughs>